0: Hey, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hey, do you hear that sound? Uh, no. Simon and Garfunkel at Sound of Silence?
1: Yeah, that would be it. That's uh, kind
0: of what we have today. Uh, we're not uh, doing this at our lavish uh, university studio uh, because, uh, well, frankly, it doesn't have any air conditioning, <laughs> and we figure it's probably about 150 degrees. So, we borrowed another, another venue. So no. Do, do 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 music, but I can sing the sounds of silence if you want.
1: Uh, yes, uh, and perhaps Probably. you would sing it further and further away. <laughs>
0: um, okay. But,
1: you know, Jim, it's interesting because uh, we, we're pretty habituated to, uh, to doing our podcasts, but uh, every time we do one, I feel a little rise in my anxiety level. You do.
0: Well, I suppose that's, uh, uh, I guess that's normal, but you know, you've performed in front of crowds for years. I mean, years, yeah, well, I
1: mean, it's only a little rise. Okay. And I mean, so what somebody once said to me that, you know, you have to be a little anxious to perform well.
0: Uh huh. So this is what, a little bit of um, uh, adrenaline, you think?
1: I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, you know, the thing is that. A little bit is good. Mm-hmm. Uh but a lot, and some people have a lot, is what we label as social anxiety or social phobia.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that affects their life, their uh relationships, their daily routines, their jobs, school, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, other activities. Uh and it's really an unfortunate thing because uh, while we know that some people have it and that that there is a either a genetic component or some families behaviorally pass on uh, social anxiety. Uh huh. We we don't have a good separation on those yet uh, but some families social anxiety seems to run in the family. Is it yeah. genetic? Well maybe. Is it uh, behavioral? almost certainly.
0: Okay, so a learned kind of phenomenon. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure, I don't have the uh, DSM-5 in front of me, but I uh, understand that social anxiety, or social anxiety phobia, is a relatively um, common um, mental disorder. Uh, Maybe somewhere in the uh, neighborhood of 20% or so of people who in the walking around population and it's particularly um, uh, seen in um, teen populations.
1: Yeah and you know the other thing that we see it uh, particularly in, there are a lot of people who uh, you could say, can you uh, talk to three other people? Oh yeah, no problem. Can you talk to five other people? Oh yeah, no problem. Can you talk to an auditorium full of people, oh no, <laughs> you know, and yeah, a lot right. of people have really, uh, I don't know what you would call it, speech uh, fear. Hey or,
0: Ralph, Ralph, can you um, walk across the room here on this imaginary 2x4 that I have laid out here, actually I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll i make it a 2x6 for you, okay? Okay. Can you walk across the floor on, the, on my
1: 2x6? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) Well,
0: there goes an example.
1: Uh, Well, no. Okay. Let's say I can. I can walk across the the two-by-six.
0: Okay. Now, let's suspend the two-by-six up in the air a little bit, like between uh, the Niagara Falls, Ontario, and Niagara Falls, New York.
1: Definitely cannot do that.
0: Same 2x6,
1: Ralph. Same (laughs) 2x6, yeah. And there's a very famous poster that a lot of our listeners may have seen. It shows uh, guys making some of the first skyscrapers in New York City. And there's a a hoist uh, that's about 97 stories up. And these guys have a, a cable wrapped around the hoist and they're all out on a beam I've seen that picture (laughs) and they're sitting there eating their lunch Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and I look every time I look at that it gives me kind of uh, you know a queasy feeling because it just looks like all you have to do is tilt yourself back a little bit and then you fall off and then the guy next to you who you grabbed falls off and then the beam tilts
0: Mm -hmm. and you know that's a good point because uh, even your description of it because I've seen the picture but even just you talking about it gave me that queasy feeling in the pit yeah. of my stomach which you know is kind of uh, interesting we've talked about this before that anxiety isn't just the emotion in your brain the emotion in your head it takes over your whole body and we feel yeah. it we um, feel it on our shoulders and our guts and our, our legs you know yeah so,
1: and you know uh, we we see people uh, blushing, heartbeat-raising, trembling, sweating. Uh, I saw a guy who was going to go out and do a, a thing in front of a, a high school auditorium full of uh, parents, including his and other visitors, and he had beads that sweat on his forehead like he'd just run a marathon. Hmm. Uh, just because he was so nervous about going out and, and doing his performance.
0: Okay, so we do have the physiological uh, uh, components, physiological correlates. When you were reading that list, Ralph, I was thinking, hmm, that's uh, a little bit, uh, it could be a list for uh, being in love, too. And it could be, yeah, kiss, uh, Kissing your, your date on, you know, uh, good night.
1: Re- uh, read it again. Uh, blushing, fast heartbeat, trembling, sweating. Upset really? stomach, well, that trouble catching matter. your breath, dizziness or lightheartedness, mm-hmm. feeling that your mind has gone blank, or in my case, blanker, <laughs> uh, muscle tension.
0: Yeah, okay. So if you're in front of your audience of two or three or four or five hundred, um, it really doesn't matter. They're all potentially debilitating, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, it's with your example of the people in the uh, on the beam uh, it didn't matter that I'm not looking at the beam I'm just thinking about it and so if um, I as a person with social phobia um, have to think about going out and giving a speech or giving a presentation those things are probably going to visit me before I'm anywhere near yeah. the place yeah. that I have to be, right?
1: And one of the things that we could we could say about that is you can expect that, mm-hmm. particularly if you're not practiced. Now there's a very strong practice effect, and I don't mean just practicing for your one speech, but the more you do things that help you overcome your social anxiety, mm-hmm. or sometimes in the case of giving a, a presentation in front of an auditorium, it's Performance activity, uh, performance anxiety, which is kind of one of the branches of social anxiety.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you can kind of script yourself out if you're going to do a, a presentation. You know, do a TED talk. Certainly, they they uh, have people practice and practice and practice. But you know, I think a lot of people have social anxiety over. Uh, more simple things like talking to somebody at a party.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what happens then? Well, you you may end up um, because of social anxiety. It could cause low self esteem, trouble being assertive, negative self talk, hypersensitivity sensitivity to criticism. Uh, poor social skills, uh, isolation, and difficult social relationships. Um, okay, I'm listening to you
0: and I'm thinking about a uh, uh, a joke that Garrison Keillor uh, made a number of years ago. Remember Garrison? Oh yes. Okay, so um, he talks about the uh, the uh, Norwegian bachelor farmers in some of his monologues, right? Right. And uh, he says, you know, the the Norwegian bachelor farmer, you know, usually will stare at his shoes when he's talking to you, but the uh, outgoing uh, uh, Norwegian bachelor farmer, you know, he will stare at your shoes. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's that kind of shyness that you're you're talking about. And, you know, when you staying with the, uh, the party analogy. Hey, how you doing? Well, okay, and some people get into their ER uh, mode.
1: So, there are a number of things that we can do about this. First of all, get help early. Don't go from having social anxiety at 15 to having social anxiety at 50 without trying to get some professional help. Okay. to intervene.
0: Okay. You know, uh, staying with the uh, the, the party, um, if somebody talked to me about it, like I don't know how to talk to people, I would probably uh, rehearse some scripts. I mean, how do you talk to people? If I wanted to, to talk to you at a party, Ralph, and I, you know, we, we know i have known each other for years and years, but if, uh, you know, I'm looking at this guy, I'm looking at you, you've got Fish or something like that. It'll be your shirt, and it's kind of interesting. And and uh, so I might think, oh, there's an interesting fellow to, to chat with. Um, how do you how do you begin? Well, I might tell one of my clients. You just begin by saying, that is a really interesting shirt. Where you did you do that? Where did you get that?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, I I got that um, I got that in Midland because I was looking for a koi shirt
0: that's the fish right that's
1: the fish yeah. okay yeah
0: why were you looking for a koi shirt
1: well it was a joke at a halloween party okay but I you see how they on being koi <laughs> but you see how it works yeah
0: you know, It naturally comment on you know somebody's tie and you know where'd you get the tie and uh lots of ties have uh, uh symbolism you could say jim where's you know you're, it's a red and black tie. Where did you? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah well, well, you know, I you got know it because uh, it's my school tie, and then continue to to talk. So if you have a few of those sort of pre-rehearsed, right?
1: Yeah. Sort of opening and, gambits. And let me uh, give our listeners a little bit of advice, and then uh, maybe maybe some ideas about five different things you could do. So, don't drag on. What does that mean? Be brief, be to the point.
0: Ah, okay, like... Okay, so you go to a party... That's an interesting shirt. Yeah. Okay.
1: But don't, you know, elaborate for five minutes on how interesting the shirt is. Talk faster, speed up the tempo of your dialogue a little bit. Okay. Uh, avoid polarizing topics. Mm. So, what do you think of the COVID restrictions? No, not a good opener.
0: No, it's okay. Uh probably avoiding politics would be a good, <laughs>
1: a good yeah,
0: <laughs> a, good, a good non
1: <laughs> uh politics and religion. religion um, okay. show your emotions. Smile, frown, uh, you know, um don't use a monotone. Uh laugh uh, at people's jokes, providing they're actually funny, uh unlike some of mine. <laughs> uh
0: have eye contact.
1: Be aware of your body language. Okay. Uh I And be a giver, not a taker.
0: You know, that's the biggest one that when I work with uh, teens and they're interested in perhaps meeting other people and and enlarging their social group, they really don't know how to do it. And so we rehearse some of the the things that we've just been talking about. And I don't know if it's inevitable, but they usually are... What... Takers or give—they focus on themselves. Yeah, they just turn—it's almost like turning the gun on themselves. In you know, in terms of well, you know, yeah, I go to school, but I'm not much of a student.
1: Whoop, yeah, you know. So you know, if you come to every conversation with a growth mindset, you're looking to learn something mm-hmm. from the other person. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but you know. Um, so. Let me let me give you five uh, things, and uh, for our uh, listeners, in case you uh, don't realize this, uh, Jim's wife Sheila is a professional storyteller. So here's a question you can ask to be an icebreaker: What's your story? Okay. Don't ask it as a challenge, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, what's your story, tell me, uh, tell me more about yourself. Okay. Um, So, people have then permission to start telling you more about themselves. Um, Speak from the heart, share their life's journey, maybe talk about their dreams. and uh, you know that uh, that is a good opener for people who uh, who want to. Most of us want to talk about ourselves.
0: Sure, well, that's the first thing uh, a therapist will will ask. You know, tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah. Now, so that
0: can be threatening, though, Ralph, because it, people, uh, like, what do you want to know, as opposed
1: to yeah you know, them telling
0: them, yeah, just tell me
1: anything. You know? So. Um, Maybe another one that might be perceived as less threatening is, "Hey, what makes you smile when you get up in the morning?"
0: Um, My first cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, uh, how do you take it? You know, you you like it with cream and sugar, or do you take it black? Or uh, so. Another one might be, uh, what book has Influenced you the most?
0: Huh. That's a pretty good question. I haven't and thought of that. And if the person, anything.
1: if the person says, "Well, you know, I don't read very much," then you can say, "Well, uh, how about a movie? How about a movie? What, uh, what do you think is a good movie?" Okay. I don't watch very many movies, <laughs> but I always like to look at a good one. What, what would you recommend?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so the person says, "Well, let's see, last movie I saw, I think was Bambi." <laughs> <laughs> So there's something else uh, the if you want to be interesting it would be good for you to at least know what books you've enjoyed what movies you've enjoyed and what your own story is yeah because
1: because
0: okay. somebody might come up and ask you those. Ra- Ralph might be at this party and he's going to ask you those questions and
1: it it um, is reciprocal mm-hmm. because um, you know one of the things that you might start off with um, is uh, okay uh, what's your story Mm -hmm. and the person might say blah 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 and then they'll say to you and and what's your story and you have to have an answer for that. Right, right. Um, So what absolutely excites you right now? Business? Home? You know I just had uh, well, I didn't have, but uh, my family has a new great grandson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know that that's pretty exciting here's okay. this here's this little thing, and we go back uh, in the same neighborhood. we've got uh, grandma, daughter, son, and newborn great-grandson. Hmm.
0: Four generations. Four in, generations. In one neighborhood one near Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that could, you yeah. know. Hey,
1: what, so what was the question? What What absolutely excites you right now? Okay. Hey. So you might get somebody who talks about their business or their classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
0: I I just went to a massage therapist and I'm pain-free for a... Uh, the first time in a little while that excites me pretty much yeah Yeah. and how about you suppose I
1: I didn't uh, I didn't know you Jim Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. and we're at this gathering uh, and uh, I say to you you know uh, I'd like to know what's the most important thing I should know about you
0: well that's a good question Ralph Um, you could I could tell you about my occupation, I could tell you about my my uh, creative work. But you know the best the most important thing that you should probably know about me is that uh I'm a warm, compassionate, empathetic human being.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh and from there mm-hmm. we have a beginning of a conversation. hmm You mm-hmm. know, uh so i might respond to that with gee i think uh i think i could use more compassion and empathy uh how how did you build your compassion and empathy over your life
0: well i can tell you that i didn't uh, indulge in a lot of social media yeah and uh, you know i talk to people you know i hear what their story might be and i relate it to my own life you know i can you can tell me part of your story, and I can say, yeah, I can learn from that. You know, I can be a little bit more outgoing and, and you know, like I know you, I know you're a, uh, an outdoor person, you know, that you find find a lot of uh, meaning, you know, for a hike in the woods. And uh, so, you know, you have uh, uh, given me that as a, a kind of a, a model. And uh, so, you know, I, I could say, I'm you know, just walking, well, a few minutes ago we walked over to the coffee shop and got coffee, right? Right. And uh, we uh, had I think conversations with at least two or three people that we've never seen before, we'll never see again, but you know that one guy with the the, the cop. you know, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, your your conversation with the little girl with the with the uh, flashing shoes.
1: Yeah, the light up shoes and she was so proud of them and she did a little dance for us yeah. to show where they lit up, and and, uh, and, and her
0: mom thought I, I think her mom thought well instead of uh, somebody seeing my kid as obnoxious, they see my kid to say I'm same way I do as as uh, you know creative and and outgoing and you know yeah. so yeah those are things that I think demonstrate either empathy or compassion. Now we could have put on our game face and. Just, you know, yeah, well, got this little kid in front of me, uh, you know, yeah. hogging the coffee line, you know, that kind of thing. But
1: no, and it, you know, the kid instead of dancing in her light-up shoes could very well have grabbed onto her mother's leg and hid behind her and peeked out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You never know when you do those kind of things what reaction you're going to get. Yeah. But you know, the thing is that the the practice effect uh, by doing them. Helps you to overcome your social anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, I think
0: about uh, some of the some of the restrictions that uh, uh, the environment puts on us right now, uh, or we put on ourselves. You know, the masks didn't help. You know, if I am going to talk to somebody, I'd like to get some feedback, and if I'll, all I can see is your eyes, then probably I, like, you know, we've got body language too. But I don't know how I'm coming, you know, really coming across. Yeah. And so if I'm kind of negative, if I engage in a lot of negative self-talk and I don't have a you know good self-esteem, I'm going to conclude that you know, these things are not going very well, perhaps. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, one of the things that I saw, Jim, that I thought was very clever, although I'm not sure it was very effective as a mask, was a young woman a couple of months ago who had a mask that was... Uh, cloth around the four sides. Mm-hmm. The center of it was transparent uh plastic film. I've seen I've seen those, yeah. So you could see her face. Mm-hmm. And so if you said something she could smile at you and but, so yeah. on and so forth, you mm-hmm. know. And um that uh that, I think, was a good thing, although, as I say, I'm not sure how effective it was as a mask.
0: You know, one of the things, speaking of masks, I have not seen, at least around Mount Pleasant, very many people who are wearing face shields. Have you seen those? No,
1: I've seen some, but not very many.
0: Because those would be perhaps more uh, uh, interaction-friendly, I suppose, you know, possibly. Or maybe the person with social anxiety really does want to hide behind the mask yeah you know that's
1: kinda like the Lone Ranger
0: (laughs) (laughs) right you know uh, there's another self-inflicted mask that a lot of people use and I think they use it uh, as a a way of hiding and that's their telephone yeah there are uh, I was at that same coffee shop Sheila and I were at the same coffee shop yesterday or the day before and there were two uh, young ladies who were sitting, I think, at 90 degrees from each other. They weren't across from each other, um, but uh, they were on their devices. They were on their telephones. And as far as I can see, there was no social interaction between the two of them. But there was interaction between them and their their uh, telephone. Now that could be just uh, a uh, a one one off. You know, and I don't think
1: it is I don't exactly.
0: think it is either hmm. um,
1: And I think I think part of the thing is that if you look at high school students today, what the stats say is that a high school student spends between seven and eight hours on a screen mm-hmm. during the course of any 24 hour period.
0: Yeah now is that inflated because of uh, students, now going to school virtually, or was that the case before school I, shut down?
1: I think it was the case before school shut down, but I don't have any uh, any good data on
0: that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But you know, the thing is that people back in the day, before the advent of the computer screen, the television screen, the phone screen people used to be more or less forced into interacting with each other. I
0: suppose, yeah.
1: You know, so uh, what you had basically was other people. And my thinking may be wrong, but I think the incidence of social anxiety is going to increase uh, in the next three or four years based on what we've gone through in the last 18 months.
0: Hmm, so that the the isolation that some people experience in the last 18 months is going to carry over because of perhaps a lack of the ability to practice successful yeah. interactions.
1: you turn to screens uh-huh. and then, okay, the uh, pandemic is over or partially over, and you go out, and then somebody says, "Well, uh, we need you to not work from home. We need you to come back to the office." And you come back to an office where there are 40 people, and you discover, "Gee, you know, I, I don't like interacting with 40 people." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Good. Good point. Okay. So, in terms of um, helping people who uh, experience social inter, uh, uh, social phobias or or uh, social anxiety. Talking to a therapist, you know, is is one thing. Uh, having a growth mindset and Peterson's work actually talks about this, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. We'll put a uh, a link to some of his. Uh, uh, and
1: Seligman uh, talks about you know, positive psychology, the need to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, somebody who's suffering from social anxiety, who is forced to go to a get-together of some kind, may be saying, oh, this is going to be incredibly bad, I'm going to make a fool of myself, blah, blah. But somebody who has uh, incorporated, learned optimism in their life, may be saying, you know, this evening may be an opportunity for me to meet that one person who is going to say something that's got some real meaning to it that will help me to improve my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, well,
0: good ideas, Ralph, and we've we've looked at, at uh, uh, social anxiety and uh, we've come up with some uh, suggestions for our, our listeners. Um, shall we uh, pursue this a little bit more uh, uh, next week?
1: We could do that. Okay. You know.
0: Flesh it out, you know, uh, a little more. I think there's still some uh, material that uh, is left to cover.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that uh, you know some people with social anxiety uh, will do is go to a physician and get prescribed some medication, which can help. Uh, a lot of people are tempted to self-medicate. Uh, with alcohol or, or uh, available, opioids or, some kind yeah, of, yeah. Opioids or uh, cannabis, um, short-term help but uh, not maybe a great thing in and of itself.
0: Right, and in fact um, alcohol and even cannabis can lead to depression which on top of social anxiety was probably be pretty debilitating. So we're not going to go, you know, go no. there. but something you know that gives you that little. Uh, uh, we talked earlier about that little adrenaline rush. You know, yeah. So something uh, that, that perhaps uh, is uh, uh, stimulates the the dopamine re- receptors. Yeah. But you know, and you've talked about this too. Besides uh, 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 something that stimulates the dopamine receptors that you can buy over-the-counter, a uh, brisk walk outside. does the same kind of thing, right? Or some exercises. So,
1: you know, if I had to give a prescription, what I would say is, uh, if you are suffering from social anxiety, find one person you like and go for a walk with him or her, uh, preferably in nature, and just practice talking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, practice talking.
1: That's a Practice listening. Mm-hmm. And then when you know you've got a get-together of some kind to go to, um, work out a little kind of pre-get-together script in your mind. Gotcha. If he says that, I say this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, this was interesting, and uh, I want to. Uh, Uh, thank our our listeners who have uh, actually given us some of these ideas. And if anyone has heard this and uh, has some questions or comments, uh, feel free to uh, engage with us. There are some ways of contacting us on either the Podbean or the Psych Takeaway or our Facebook account. So, until next week, this is Jim and Ralph saying, keep your stick on the ice, because we're all in this
1: together.